Leaders. I'm your host, Melanie Ake. Everyday Leaders is an inspirational show to help you develop strategies to overcome everyday obstacles in your life. Today's guest will share how developing consistent and specific strategies that he practices every day is allowing him to achieve a life of success. In fact, these leadership principles and behaviors have allowed him to experience life as a CEO. Today's Everyday Leader inspires us to be fully present, live your life with intention, and only make trade-offs that reflect your personal values. Eric Stanvik is my guest today. Everyday Leaders 50 and 50, show four starts now. Welcome to the program, Eric. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I love that we have been connected for several years. And the reason that you're on the program today is because I really want to get into the mind of a CEO. Many people think, wow, that is something that I'd like to dream about doing. But you've actually accomplished it. So I really want to understand how a CEO mind works. And going back from what you believed about yourself in the very beginning of life. And I want to take us on a little bit of a journey for everyday leaders in encouraging and inspiring people to really go after their dreams and live a life of success. So thank you very, very much for being on the program. And I I want to just start off by asking a couple of questions, if that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. So what did you dream about when you were a child? And, and what were your hopes and aspirations? Um, you know, it, it's, if, we're, if we're going back at even the CEO thing, I, I actually read a book when I was a kid. Um, it was about Lee Iacocca. And at that time, he was kind of the, 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 the guru out there. He had turned around um, Chrysler um, from bankruptcy and basically did it in a way that at that point in time, no one's ever done where they borrowed money from the government, but actually paid back and paid back early. So it was something that I found interesting. And I, and I said to my dad one day, I said, you know, I, I could be a CEO. And he says, you absolutely can. And, and so, but it wasn't necessarily the CEO thing or anything like that. I think it was more of this guy did something remarkable but he did it in a, in a great way. Um, so it wasn't just he accomplished something because, uh, and, then, and then made a lot of money. It was more like he accomplished something very difficult um, and wasn't even expected to do the right thing, but he did. And so I, th- I think that was kind of the, the start of it all. And that was, I, I might have been in third grade when I was thinking I saw that. So besides your father, so he inspired you when you were young to give you a belief. And when we talk about leadership, we talk about the belief that we have in ourselves. And, and sometimes when we go through struggles or fears, we have limiting beliefs that tell us, you know, that maybe you're not good enough, you, you didn't have the right environment when you were young, or um, you, you just haven't put yourself through a school, or you haven't had opportunities, right? People think that someone else may be responsible for giving them the opportunity. And 
So talk to me a little bit about your beliefs that you've had throughout your life and how that has helped you remain consistent. Well, I mean, limiting beliefs is, I mean, that, that, that sneaks in your head, at least in my head. Um, you know, I want to, I want to say often, but it, it does. And at times in, and with uh, little decisions and at times with big decisions, um, how I, how I kind of work with that is, um, example, like let's say on a, on a, some little things going on, just daily activities, things happening. Um, I, I typically have like, um, I have like a rolling list of quotes and, uh, that from various places, whether it be from the Bible or notable leaders and stuff like that, because I've always been interested in quotes and how it can kind of transform my mind. And so what I started doing was I actually used something called Evernote on my phone and I actually have like a categories specific categories and I'll drop if I'm reading something I'll just highlight and copy and drop it in there and so like I have like one is like persistence is is the title of it one is fear one is obstacles one is leadership another one's decisions humility and mistakes so I I kind of throw stuff in those and and I use those for myself and I also use them for when I'm I have you know a colleague I have uh a friend or someone I'm just talking to that, you know, I feel like this might be the quote that kind of kind of summarizes where we are or where they are. And it, it tends to really build a bridge. So with myself um, and also with, uh, with others I'm talking to. Um, on bigger things, um, I have something a friend brought to my attention maybe 15 years ago. He asked me one day, who is your board of directors? And I was like, board of directors? <laughs> I'm a sales rep. I'm not a board of directors. And he's like, no, no, who's your board of directors? Like, who are the people you go to? And and it, it, it kind of made me think, about, all right, who do I talk to? But now how do I do it in a way that is more specific? So I have like five people that I consider my board of directors. They know they're on my board of directors. And it's my personal so it's going to be individuals who know everything about me from finances to all the way through. And they're all from different walks of life. I have one who's an engineer, lawyer. I have another one who's um, um, just a founder of a company, another one who's special forces in the military, um, and just a variety of these guys, but I go to them for different things. They all aren't friends. They don't, in fact, most of them don't even know each other. Um, so you would, you would I'm really, able to have, you would, cons- you would consider them your mentors really, right? So, yeah, well, yeah, kind of a, kind of a blend. Kind of, yeah, kind of a blend of that because it's, it's, I'm able to have those tough conversations, whether it's me uh, thinking, you know, about something career wise, whether it's, it's something about, looking to, you know, buy a home or something like that. Just being able to talk to somebody that I don't have to tell the backstory to. They already know it. So I can get right to the point. Yeah. So how long have you, you know, when you think about your strategy and, and setting yourself up for these five or more people, right? We talk about a lot of leaders have five people that have really molded them. And, and you just talked about that. When did you decide that mentorship was important, that other people that have maybe gone that path or could help you 
realize, you know, your next step on where you want to go and, and help you kind of craft um, your journey. When, when did that become important to you? Um, you know, it's gone in stages um, because that mentorship has gone from, um, you know, helping a new person out in, in the company that I work for because um, I'd been there before and I had empathy knowing that, you know, these are some things they're going to go through. I've seen this struggle. Here's, here's you know, some suggestions to help walk them through that um, to, to different levels of now I'm a father. I have two children. And I think back at my father, who at times I thought was kind of tough with me on some things. Um, and now I realize what that instilled in me that gave me the work ethic to work hard to put me in uncomfortable positions. I mean, my father did, when I was graduating, getting close to graduating from college, my dad um, told me that we're going to have breakfast on Saturday morning. And it's an interview, actually. It's not even a breakfast, so don't bring your appetite. And I want to. you're going to arrive by yourself, you're going to wear a suit, and I'm going to interview you. And my dad was, was an exec for, uh, for a large company in town, and so he came in his suit, and he interviewed me. And when, I, when he would ask me a question, I'd be like, ah, Dad, I don't know. And he'd be like, excuse me? And he would, it, it, was not, it was an interview. And he really walked me through it. And then afterwards, we kind of talked through stuff. So when I had my first interview, I was already primed. I was ready to go. I was like, you ask me the questions. I'm going to come back at you with some answers. Wow. So... The mentor started when I was young, um, and I didn't realize it. Um, so now it's as I'm becoming a father, I'm, I'm thinking more back at those kind of moments. Um, you know, in my career, I had, I was fortunate enough to have a lot of people that really uh, did things for me that were, you know, I remember, I remember working for a company that my first job in the company was they put you in the warehouse, and. Um, the guy that hired me was the vice president for the company. He used to be like one of the top three people in Gallo Wines. And we're doing this reset of a store. He shows up in, in work boots, and he's climbing up on on ledges, getting stuff down. And I'm like, this guy's in his 60s, and he's going at it like he's in his 20s. So it kind of just kind of set my mindset that, you know, I've, you got to do the extra work. And, and get yourself dirty. Well, that's exactly right. And and so you have just consistently seen this this whole environment, right? People have encouraged you and, and you've watched people before you and you've paid attention to it. So you've really yeah. become, you know, we talk about awareness, right? And if you're not aware, you're not able to really apply life lessons, uh, and, and it sounds like, and I know you pretty well, but you reflect a lot. You step back and you're kind of a philosopher of life. You, you really take that in and, and you aren't too proud to say, hey, if there's something that I need to change or if there's some, somewhere that I need to go or I need to learn something different, you have an open mind uh, to be able to kind of take that on as a challenge instead of that fear, right? And so I want you to talk to our listeners a little bit about how you handle fear when it comes and grabs you and says, oh, this is something new. I've never done it before. 
Uh, what do you fall back on to say, I know that I can get through this? You know, it's with, with fear, it's, it's interesting. I, I, I read a quote one time, I love it, which is um, fear, fear is excitement without breath. And, and so one of the things I, I, I do, um, and I'm still working on it, so it's not like I'm a, a guru at it, is I, I focus on a couple things. One is breathing, is, is where is my breath at the moment? And um, I do something called HRV, heart, um, heart rate variability, and then some different breathing techniques. Um, another one is sleep. And, and, and I say that because, you know, I can prepare myself as much as I want. Um, I can stay up late, burning the midnight hours, and I can, do, I can do all these different things. I can exercise. I can do all those. But I found that if I don't sleep, all those won't tie together. Yep. So I, get, I really make it a cautious effort to get sleep. Um, having two children doesn't always make it easy. <laughs> Um, but it, it's something that I, I, I've made, I've made really critical in my life. Um, so, so the fear thing is, is coming back to that is just, is, is preparing myself, you know, and, and, and the other part of it is, is just, you know, anticipating anything that could be fearful and then acknowledging it and then act. Mm-hmm. So if I know I'm going into, let's say a board meeting and I'm going to talk about some things that are uncomfortable. Well, I'm going to have to prepare myself, and one of those things is, is really focusing on my breathing. Acknowledge that I may be a little bit of tension going on, and then and then act upon it. That's, those are excellent strategies because a, a lot of people go through things in their life, right? And and they may not be in a boardroom, but they may have a conflict with a teacher at school, or they may have a conflict with a friend or a spouse. And so those are excellent strategies to be able to say, hey, when things happen that we're fearful of, step back, right? And, well, and, and, and fear is also, I mean, we all have our own Goliath. And so what I fear about something, someone else may say, it's oh, not that big a deal. Mm-hmm. But for me at that moment, it's a big deal. So we all have our own Goliaths that we have to face throughout the day, throughout the, the year, and but we have to acknowledge them. Exactly. We have to acknowledge them. Well, and your, and your mentors, right, they validate if you can go back and reflect and be able to, to talk through that um, and, and actually assess, was that something that I should have feared or how will I handle that the next time, right, and have less fear? Yeah, exactly. So... So I love, uh, this is great, Eric. Thank you so much for sharing what you are sharing. Um, what do you think in your life? So I've watched you. I met you when we were working at a medical company together. And, you know, you took this big leap to have this opportunity um, to really help inspire this new company. But what was your biggest trade-off, would you say? Well, you know, it's getting out of your comfort zone. Um, it's something that I've, I found, um, I do that I don't even realize at times it, it's actually people pointing it out to me. I don't even realize that I'm doing something that they may seem as brave or whatever. 
Um, I, I try to calculate everything. I don't just a whim. Um, I try to, to put the pros and cons. Um, you know, the best thing I did was <clears throat> talk to my wife about it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and really spend a lot of time kind of talking about what are you know what what do we have coming up in our lives and where are we at in these certain positions, and I think that the part of it was I was getting out of my comfort zone and, and doing something that I'm stable at um, to go into something I've never done before, and then also know that there were you know things I could never anticipate would happen um, or the actual things uh, that you're doing because you know the company was a, a when I say startup meaning that. There was there was no offices in the U.S., so it was it was building from from having an actual office setting to um, and help design some of that stuff to having the um, warehousing, shipping, logistics, all that stuff, and and put it all into place. So it was something I was I wasn't trained on, and so it took a lot of it took a lot of talking with a lot of people. Um, people who I recognize as, as, as leaders in those different areas. So it took a lot of time for you to step back and reflect at each of those phases, you know, to, to kind of measure your success, right? We talked a lot about that before we even started interviewing. But one of the things that I love about you, Eric, is because you're always asking great questions. And so for, for you to measure your own success, how do you how do you really kind of attack that? I think you talked about reflection, but... What are the other things that you do to say, here's where I want to go, here are my goals, and here's, you know, I, I want to kind of be accountable, right, to my life, and how, yeah. how are you measuring that? Well, you know, I used to be very, very bad at it. I was, the, the mindset of, um, you know, today's fish is wrapped in yesterday's newspaper. So I'm not, <laughs> I'm not in a sailboat, I'm in a rowboat. So it's constant movement, constant movement. And, and it's a good approach, but there's a balance of that. And I remember talking with a, one, of my, one, of my, uh, one of my board members, um, my mentors, and I was, I was talking about something, and he's like, so, and, and I, I just kind of kept talking and moved on to something else, and he's like, didn't you just tell me you closed the biggest deal in your company? And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, but there's one other thing I'm trying to work on. He's like, no, no, didn't you just close that? And I said, yeah. And he's like, so let's stop for a moment. I'm like, okay. And he's like, I'm going to take you on a victory lap. And he kind of started walking me through it, what was what I just accomplished. And from then on, it kind of changed my mindset of how I think about things. Mm-hmm. And how I need to reflect, and something is, is uh, you know, I, I I have a this thing called um, planner. I think it's called Panda or something like that. Anyways, it it has sections to it. It starts out with in the morning, you know, it says like what I'm grateful for, what I'm excited about, and then what are my focuses for the day, and then what are my top priorities. But the key to it is at the end. is It's, it's called the end of the the day review, where you list your, you know, today's wins. And it has, you know, some lines for that. And it has one line for how I'll improve. And I think that's kind of the, the reflection you have to get back at the end of the day. Because if you're just checking off a task list and you're like, okay, I got through, I accomplished, 
but you sometimes need to look into a little bit deeper and to see, you know, what you accomplished and then also, you know, what, what could you improve on that day? Absolutely. Well, that's part of, you know, we talk about leadership principles and, and that is all part of it. Taking that time, you know, where's your favorite place to reflect? Do you have a favorite chair? Do you have a favorite place in the park? Where do you go? Um, <laughs> sometimes my favorite place of reflection is where I have to be. And for right now, that, that happens to be is I commute from Connecticut into the city every day. And it's a, it's an hour train ride. It's it's uh, three stops. So it's it's an easy train ride. So it requires me to sit there for an hour. So... During that hour, what what can I do? I guess I could watch a movie on my phone. I could, you know, read the newspaper, and and but I I find that time is it's when I reflect. So it's it's a it's a conscious effort. Um, I journal when I'm going into the city. I'll uh, I'll read going into the city, and then coming back, I I may come back with reading the newspaper, something totally different. Mm-hmm. But I use that time to, you know, to really hone in on what's going on. So, so talk to me a little bit. I don't want to forget this point because when you were talking just a minute ago, you, as you measure success and we know that you're, you're really intentional about reflection and that is so important for anybody that's, you know, trying to achieve anything in their life. But, um, tell me how you've changed how you celebrate victories. Well, I think that it's kind of a two, three-prong approach. So let's say it's a victory in the work setting. Is I like to acknowledge that. Um, that's something I had to work on because I want to make sure that, you know, we celebrate. And celebrate can be just sitting around talking. It can be a, a number of things. But it, it's, it's pointing out the moment what what were the critical moments? So let's say it was a it was a long cycle for something to to finally become success. I, I'll walk through it with them. That victory lap that I was you know was shared one point in time. I'll walk the victory lap with them, so they get to see you know where that where we had some stumbles on the way and how those actually turned into something. Um, you know it's kind of like my philosophy is is the first time there's an error it's called an experiment. And experiment, and you're able to learn a lot, and, and and say, okay, this is what happened. How do I keep this from happening again? The second time, it's called a mistake, and now you're wasting time. So, that's kind of our philosophy with with our team is that we we don't mind experimenting. We make we're, we're in biotech. We make a lot of experiments, and we make a lot of first time mistakes. Um, but the same time is that. Um, you know, we got to learn from each one of those. Absolutely. And, and so, and, and then also coming into the, the home life too. I think you got to mm-hmm. kind of look at it from your home perspective as well. You can't separate it so far away that, that you can, you know, the end of the day, if I'm sitting there and enjoying my time with my family, then, then I know everything's right. Yep. And that was my next question. So, with your two kids now, you know, having this work-life balance, you know, and people sometimes think, well, 
I can't achieve something different because I'm af- I'm afraid, right? I'm afraid to take that step. And I won't be able to control the things that I want to control in my life if things change, right? Change is really scary. So you've gone through, you've moved to a lot of different places. You travel internationally. You know, you really kind of have it, I would say, as a leader, Eric, people look up to you because you, you do have it kind of all together. You, you really take things and step back and, and try to assess the important things that you value and you make sure that things are in balance. So what's, what's um, you know, how do you do that? How do you look at things? I know you reflect a ton, but it just seems like your approach uh, is v- you're very methodical. And so what would you recommend to somebody that's really just saying, you know, I, it's, I'm going through change. I'm afraid of that change. And on the other side of it, you know, is there anything that you do that's different than when, um, when you kind of started when you were interviewing with your dad, right? <laughs> and now you get up every day and you've got to balance being the CEO of a company. You may have extensive, extensive travel, which may mess up your sleep. You've got these two kids now that you're really thinking about their future um, and, and a great wife, right? And you're, you've moved now a few times um, after having the kids. And so the stability, you know, how do you create that stability? Um, you know, it's, thank you for those nice things you said. <laughs> um, I, I think that, um, you know, we, I, I guess what my biggest thing is, is that, and it's, it's cliche in a way, but being present, present in the moment and, and, and quietening things down because we all have that monkey chatter going on in our head. And most times it's the the inner noise is much louder than the outer noise mm-hmm. and, 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 and settling that down. Um, you know, I, I've, I've gotten a lot better since I've had my first child because she doesn't care how important an email is to get out when she's around me. She wants my attention. She doesn't care that I'm hungry and I want to eat too. She wants my attention. And, and I, I find that, that the more I stop and, and enjoy the moment, wherever that is, uh, let's say that my, my flight's been delayed. So I could sit and run through my head, okay, my flight's delayed. How could that have happened? Do I need to jump on another flight? I won't get home until late. I'll be tired in the morning because i got an early meeting. And, and I start running these things through my head. And, and within 10 minutes... I'm already exhausted, mm-hmm. and I haven't even gone through it yet. Mm-hmm. And I, I now kind of say, okay, well, I got two hours sitting here in the airport, not much to do, so it's time to read. Mm-hmm. It's time to, to do something else. Um, and I, I utilize that time. So, um, you know, like when I'm traveling, I'm, I'm in, you know, in a hotel, I, I don't turn the TV on um, because I'll just sit and watch, you know, reruns of James Bond, you know, marathon <laughs> until one o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I, I just know that that's something that's going to 
it's going to borrow happiness from the next day. Mm-hmm. So it's easy to get caught up when you're on the road, when you have this fluid movement going on, to give yourself breaks, to say, uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and eat this because uh, I, I deserve to, to have this, you know, this cake or whatever, or I deserve to sit and relax and just watch some TV and do that. But that's fine if it's not borrowing happiness from the next day. Mm-hmm. I love and that. And that's what, that's, that's kind of my, my line that I, you know, I, I heard it from, a, from Branson in the interview. He said, you know, he used in his phrase was alcohol borrows happiness from the next day. So I use that with everything. Mm-hmm. Is it borrowing happiness from the next day? Wow. What a powerful quote. What a powerful quote. So tell me, um, in closing, we, you've been so gracious with your time, and I really appreciate it. But I want to, yeah. um, I want to have our listeners understand, you know, you're how to follow you, right? So the next thing that you're going to accomplish, the th- next things that you're thinking about, the next things that you're maybe wanting to contribute to um, with your family, do you have you thought about those at all? What that looks like in the future? So. So what am I going to contribute? Um, I think that it's using knowledge that I've gained for, uh, or I'm continuing to gain, to, to, to give back in ways of, of just sharing stories, sharing things. Uh, I, I, I love reading. Um, I don't own a TV, so um, I'm always reading, you know, like seven books are on my on my docket, mm-hmm. and, and and so my my thing is is that how do I bring information I've read back to others, and in the Cliff Notes form? <laughs> so I think that's kind of what I what I like to do. Well, Eric, you inspire so many people, and I know that you know as leaders, sometimes we just do the things that we do. We learn consistency. We learn the awareness. You you know don't borrow this this thing that may be borrowing joy from tomorrow, right? Really think into the things that you do every day. And you are leaving a legacy of leadership. And I really can't even thank you enough for just walking on my journey through the last four or five years and being that confident, being that person that I can come to as well as a mentor. So I really thank you so much for your time this morning Thank you for being on the program of Everyday Leaders, one of my top 10 of 50 and 50. The intentional part about this show is I get to choose those leaders that I really want to highlight. So um, thank you very much. Best of luck of success. And I know that we'll be in touch on our journeys for the rest of our life. Absolutely. Thank you for the honor of being on the show. Thank you for joining me this week on Everyday Leaders 50 and 50. You won't want to miss next week's show, which is show five of 50 and 50. My guest has dedicated her life to a legacy of unfailing love. She will teach you the value of developing coping strategies and how this leadership quality can help you live your life every day with purpose. When you subscribe to Everyday Leaders in Apple iTunes or Android in the Google Play Store, you can receive automatic notifications each week for my new shows. Join me. Everyday Leaders Show 5 starts February 18th.